0: To another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, the show where you know what we do—we do a deep dive into an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. And this show is coming to you at the end of Pride Month, 2023. And I've—I've I've been trying. The last few weeks have been really—you know—I've been—I've been acknowledging that that's important to me. Pride Month is important to me. I'm proud all year round, right? We don't just. We're not those people here at the Comics and Motion Network where we only support things during the month, but we also acknowledge the month because it raises awareness. It's That's the point of the month. The goal, right, in life is eventually to not have a month, right? We don't want to have a Black History Month. We don't want to have a Women's History Month. We don't want to have to have Pride Month because you know why? We're aware of things and we treat people with respect and we treat them well and all the bullshit stops. But until then, we have the months, and I'm happy. I'm here for it. So, I did it, I did in the mid, midway through June, I did Parallel, which was pretty heavy, and then I did the Ness Monster with the creators last week. And so this week, ending it out, I'm doing a hidden gem. So, we're not going back super far, but we're going back to well, two places. We're going back to 2018 and then 2020 when these books came out cuz there's two different collections. Um, about the same group of gals and the comic is called Heavy Vinyl. It is from Boom Studios, who brings the heat, who's fucking amazing. So we're going back then, but we're really going all the way back to 1998 when the internet was just a baby and record stores were cool and now record stores are cool again. So it's amazing. So, um... We follow our protagonist of this amazing comic book. Is a young girl, young woman. She's a girl. She's like sixteen, going on, going on seventeen. Called Chris, who gets a job at the local record store in New Jersey in 1988. It's called Vinyl Mayhem. They're like one of those New Jersey suburbs of you know of New York. So it's not like they're like way southern New Jersey. They're like you know in that area where they can get to the city pretty easily. That matters. Anyway, so she. Gets a job there and immediately falls in love with um, her one of her co-workers, Maggie, uh, who is pretty awesome, um, to be fair. I get it. Um, she's really nice. She's adorable. She's friendly, um, you know, and but, you know, she's she, Chris doesn't know. Chris isn't sure. Chris isn't sure of how to be in a relationship because she's young and dumb and. Other things. And then there's Kennedy, who's like super cool, and she's like super badass. Um, and uh, she, oh, she was been at the record store the longest, and she's really cool. And everybody wants to be her, and she knows everything about music. And then there's Dolores, who everybody just calls D, who's like dresses like death, um, not like death, death, but like Neil Gaiman's death, right? She's super goth girl, except she wears a cross around her neck, not a nun. But we know you can't fool us, Dolores. And then there's Irene, who's the record store owner um and she you know she's in her 20s where the rest of them are just kids they're all like teenagers of varying ages from 16 to 18 so they all work at this record store and so Chris gets the job and there's like every night they all like kick her out and they're like okay we'll see you later and whatever and it's it's super weird and she doesn't get it and she thinks they're in a band and her favorite band Stegosaur um is is like coming to town and and she's she really digs them and she she writes songs and She's trying to write love songs because she's love Lauren. And it's just this beautiful, like, nod to being young and in love and dumb. And God, it's so great, right? So I'm here for it. Like, that's what it is. But it's not what it is. And this is spoiler free, of course, as all these hidden gems are. It's not that. Because it turns out that the women's the women at Vinyl Mayhem also are in a fight club that they have in the basement of the record store and they solve crime. So if Josie and the Pussycats solved crimes and we're in a fight club, it would be this comic book. And it is delightful. It is so good. It is so honest. It leans heavy into, um, you know, like the feeling of of womanhood, the feeling of adulthood, right? But it also is like making a comment on fight club, you know, fight clubs, dudes, Um, you know, and this is the, you know, and dudes solve crimes, and dudes save the world, and dudes... So it's a comment on that. Like, dudes don't just save the world, people. It's not just dudes who save the world. Everybody can fucking save the world. And, um, and especially young women who have an amazing leader, who are badass, and who also, you know, have uh, are part of a secret uh, vigilante um, a network that, uh, that is out in the world. And so, look... I loved this book so much because it's it's inspirational. It's one of those books that you could easily write off as just being silly. You could easily just be like, oh that's a silly whatever, there's no depth there. It's just a bunch of bunch of young women playing at adulthood. Um but it's so layered. Okay, so so when you think about it, like Irene, the the record store owner, she is roping in these teenagers. A couple of them are adults, you know. Um, I think Dolores is definitely 18. Kennedy is, Kennedy maybe as well. I think she is because her boyfriend, Logan, goes off to college. Um, but that's in the second volume. So I'm going to discuss both volumes. So the first volume is 1998. The second volume is, is, is on New Year's of 1999. And for those of you who weren't old enough, um, uh, Y2K was a thing. Everybody thought the world was going to end. And now these kids in this these characters are like, 10 years younger than me. So they're either old Gen Xers or young Gen Xers or old Millennials, however it is whenever you're born. But they're like, they were, you know, I was 27, um, you know, at Y2K and they're like 17, you know, 17, 18. So it's like they're, they're in that range of of kids who could be Gen Xers, who could be millennials, but they like, they understand the internet. There's a lot of dial up in here. They understand Y2K, but there also were enough, they were like worried about it because they didn't know enough. But but what this is, is a is commentary on, see, I'm all over, the, I'm all super excited. So this isn't just a silly thing because it's commenting on the things. It's commenting on Fight Club because it's like Fight Club isn't just for boys. Fight Club isn't just for men. Just, you know, girls can, can get in a Fight Club. Girls can solve crimes. Girls can be badass. And there's also a commentary like on, you know, the whole Batman in, you know, Batman taking orphans and taking in strays and then training them to fight crime. And that's probably bad. It's probably a bad look, uh, Bruce. However... Irene's doing the same thing here. Right. And, and she's taking these, these, they're not orphans, but they're like strays. They're like this weird collection of girls, young women, and they work for her in her bookstore in her record store. And, you know, she's training them up. She's giving them the confidence. And she's also letting them fight crime. She's taking them out. She's putting them in danger. They do fight crime. They do solve crimes. Um, they're all music related uh, or technology related crimes uh, because, you know, there's no seedy underbelly where they are, but of course there is. They're close to New York. They're in that part of New Jersey where there's probably mobs and everything. And you know, in a darker version of this, in a darker version of this, it is, it's It's dark, but it isn't. They knew Carly Usdin, um, the writer, and uh, Nina, and I, I'm sorry, Nina, um, Vacueva is how I say it, Vacueva, V-A-K-U-E-V-A. V-A-K-U-E-V-A. They they get it. They know their own assignment. They understand what they've created. And Dakueva's art is delightful. It's like manga-esque. The big eyes, um, the the bright colors, the colorists. Flores, Nalty, Quigley, these these uh, different colorists throughout the book, throughout the series, they really get it. They like it. they know how to do the contrast, like Dolores and her dark, dark dark clothes and her pale, pale, pale skin. And then Kennedy's an African-American woman and they know how to color her correctly. So she's not washed out and they know what to dress her in. You know, like she's a young African-American woman who's not a dumbass. So she's going to wear clothes that look good on her. She's going to know what kind of makeup to wear. So like even they take, they take that attention to detail even with that, the colorists do and the artists do, and and I just I I just love the action here. I love the adventure here. I love the joy, and this is so cool because honestly, who doesn't want to be in a Fight Club when you're you know into this stuff? Like, I mean, sure, maybe you don't. Maybe you're listening. I don't want to be a Fight Club, but like. If you read comic books, you want to learn how to fight. You also probably it'd be badass to be in a band. It'd be cool to work at a record store. It'd be cool to solve crimes. It'd be cool to get to meet your heroes. All these these record people show up, and all the you know the bands show up. But of course, the record executives are evil. And there's a in the second volume, the one about Y2K, there's a thing about Napster, but they call it Snapster because whatever. But it's that's what's causing Y2K. It's so smart and it's so fantastic. I just I had so much fun, and and so Chris and Maggie, you know, are a couple. Um, Irene has a wife, um, you know, and it's it's they, you know, they they don't they don't linger, you know. It's not um, there's no male gaze here. Jim Campbell does the letterers because you know he's an amazing letterer, but he stays out of the way as all good letterers do. He does all the work, but this is not a this is not a um, male gazey book. It's female gaze book, and so. The relationships aren't lingering. It's not that gross, sweaty, straight white dude who wants to watch two lesbians kiss. Um, you know, because that's just weird. And you're gross for that. And if you think that that's like that, that lesbians, like if you think women want to make out with each other in front of you to turn you on, you're wrong. That's the wrong thing. You're wrong. Um, this book addresses that. It's like nope. These are women. These are girls and women with their own shit going on, and they're gonna solve crimes, and they are gonna be badass, and they can take care of themselves. There's no man who comes to save them. There's none of that shit, right? So it is a commentary on comic books. It's a love letter to comic books, but it's a love letter to the specific time and place of the late '90s, where people, you you know, a couple people have cell phones, but for the most part, it was still that sweet spot where. You could get lost. Like these kids could just say, oh, I'm going to go stay here for the night. And they could go somewhere else because you could get away with that because you didn't have track my kid apps. They, you weren't chipping your children. You weren't. And none of that stuff mattered because the kids were a little more self-reliant and able to manage themselves. And and again, I'm not turning into Grimfield Man and J. back in our day, but I am a little bit because there is something to that. There is something to the ability to just go do and trust yourself. And sure, it's dangerous. You are always putting yourself in danger. Right when you're out in the world, that is a thing that happens and it's worse for young women. And if you don't believe me, just go listen to um, the Femon Why Men, Rhea's Questions, uh, and you'll know all about it. You'll hear the conversations that those amazing women had to say. And listen, I gotta say, there's five Femons, uh, uh, hosts, and creators. I'm here for them if they wanna make their own comic book about them, like ladies heavy vinyl is sitting here as the template for you to make your own femon uh comic book where the femon ladies are not just podcasters but they also have a fight club and they solve crime sure do we all do you all live all around the world in disparate parts sure but doesn't that make it even better um, i'm here for that ladies all i'm saying is femon women if you guys wanted to make your own real life um underground fight club where you were podcasters by day and crime fighters by night i'm here to support that but also if you just wanted to turn that into a comic book one of you in the group is a comic book writer i'm not saying i'm just saying um i'm here for that anyway um that's my sidetrack for the day um because i I can't help but think of of that why men conversation when i read this like it, it it is really um it was it was a hard listen. I'll say you know not like hard like oh but like oh that's awful. And we actually in our Discord group we talked a little bit about it too and how different people felt a certain way. And so there is that inherent danger here, but there is still something about being comfortable enough and being confident enough, and why is Irene training them to be fighters so they are okay? So that is running in the background, right? It's like she's giving them the skills to go be confident badass women, but also, you know, to be vigilantes and also because she's Batman and, you know, she's taking in strays and teaching them skills and putting them in danger, but she's also teaching them how to solve their own problems. They're smart. They're tough. They do all the things. She's there to help them succeed, And she wants what's best for them. And she's like a really good mom, unlike Bruce, who's a really terrible dad. And so all of that's there, but it's also in the background, that commentary on, um, you know, women taking care of themselves. And again, like I said, the queerness that's in this book, it isn't exploitative. It's not lingering. It's just a thing. Just there's gay people, people. There's people are queer and they're here. Ha ha. And you should deal with it. See what I did there? Um, I love this book, everybody. I mean, it is appropriate. It is a true YA book. Like you could give this to a ten-year-old without a doubt. There's nothing in here that is super. It's not dark. Like that's the thing. It could have gone a different way. It could have gone down the Fight Cluby way. But the way that it's drawn and the way that it's colored has that lovely bright feel. But it's also action adventure. It is a lean into those Hanna Barbera, just the Pussycats, you know, Scooby Doo kind of look. Um, but it's it's just. So so, it's appealing. You know, it's appealing to the younger kids, but it also has this amazing message. Like, oh my god, I want to be Chris when I grow up. I want to be Dolores. Oh, I want to be Maggie. like you could you could hand this to a kid, male or female kid, and those kids could find someone in this book that they want to be because they're all so cool. Or you're like, oh, I'm a totally a Chris. I am totally a Chris. Or you could be like, oh no, you know, oh, I'm I'm into I'm into this. Like my dream person is this. Or ooh, you know. Kennedy's so awesome! I wish Kennedy liked me. Those, like you, you know, you do that. Like these are written in a way, archetypes. All of the women in the book are archetypes for a reason, um, and and they're used in a really specific way. But but they're used to make that appeal, so they reach out to everybody. But they're also showing us that you know these people can all be friends. It's it's uh, you know it's unlike what JD says at the end of Heather's. The only place that you know that different social types can get together ultimately is heaven. That's not true. We're, sh- we're showing that here. Um, that's not true. Um, it's just so good. I just love it <laughs> so much. I'm so glad. Um, I found it. It was a hidden gem to me. I didn't know anybody who'd read it before. Um, it's, it's just fucking delightful. So here's what I want you all to do. I, as I say, it's, it's, it's appropriate for everyone. And then I say, fuck, that sounds like me. I want everybody to click the link and listen to the Femmon show. The Y-Men, you'll understand, and I want you to click on the link and go to Boom Studios and get to download the first issue for free. Go to Hoopla Digital, the unofficial sponsor of Indie Comics Spotlight, and get a copy for free of both collections are there. The original heavy vinyl and then the Y2K um, edition are there. They're quick, they're easy, they're short because it's Boom. You know, they don't overstay their welcomes. They don't do like 10-issue arcs, It's like four to five issues. So good, people. Heavy vinyl. My God, I love it. And you should too. And happy pride. And thank you for listening. And um, I'll see everybody soon. Growing up isn't something you can make happen When you want it to But since we're all